Good morning to everyone uh, listening. It's Rabbi Nassin from Chabad Youth at Carmiel. Beautiful morning here in Carmiel. So, um, in continuing with the theme of the three weeks and the nine days, I wanted to share with you a uh, Torah thought, which I had uh, spoken about, um, I think it was this past Shabbat, at our table, a whole bunch of students, young people, and it was quite nice. Actually, I think it was it was two Shabbats ago, uh, in relation to Parshat Balak. So, we we had uh, the theme that we were we're speaking about was the power of speech, and how in the Parsha of Balak we had Bilam, who was uh, generally thought to be as a sorcerer, uh, who had cursed was attempting to curse the Jewish people um, under the... He was hired by Balak to do so. And God, uh, in his kindness, switched the words. And instead of words of curses, there were words of blessing. And this is the iconic, Hine matovu manayim shevet achim gam yachad. Um, sorry, no. Matovu alecha Yaakov mishkanotecha Israel. Right, matovu how uh, good are the tents of Jacob on the dwelling places of Israel. So, yeah, so this was... Uh, so, this, this was a, an act by God to change Bilam's uh, power of speech, which had the power to destroy into speech of blessing. And this is, uh, if we try to conceptualize it, it's uh, a person who is choosing to do destructive actions with his speech, and God helps the, that these actions should become uh, health, helpful and blessing. So where I, uh, I moved from this topic into something I believe was quite quite interesting. This is, uh, there's a time the Rebbe spoke about this, this, uh, this idea, Rabbi Menachem Mendel Schneerson of Lubavitch, he mentioned this in a address for the 17th of Tammuz, uh, approximately 30 years ago. And what he said was, he, he brought up the Talmud, there's a passage in the Talmud which speaks about the reason why the temple was destroyed. And there's the well-known, the well-oft-quoted passage in the Talmud where it's, uh, spo- it's uh, the reason why the temple was destroyed is because of hatred, baseless hatred. That's the second temple. But there's another passage which is less well-known, and it gives a different reason, a different reason for the temple's destruction. And it says the reason is because um, people were not uh, giving each other admonishment, or I guess constructive criticism, or criticism at all. And it's a mitzvah to do so. It's an interesting question, like why? Because people didn't criticize each other, uh, 
the temple would be destroyed. I think that's quite a radical statement, right? Thousands upon thousands of Jews, hundreds of thousands of Jews killed, the temple destroyed, the entire kingdom of the Jewish people completely vanquished because people didn't criticize each other. And so that's just, that's pretty, that's pretty ridiculous. If you think about it in a way of like crime and punishment, because someone didn't stand up and say something. And what's the answer? The answer is actually, yes, exactly true. Uh, why most of the most terrible and terrifying things that happened in the past century, from the Holocaust to uh, communism to Mao's China, etc., the main reason why this this just continued going on for years and years and years and years, the terrorism, terrorizing of the populace and, and, and insane acts of atrocity all continued for one reason. And that's because simple citizens didn't speak up. People didn't say something. And truly, people who didn't say something, you know, are the ones that are responsible. And um, I remember when I was in China, there was a student that I was speaking with who was very grateful for a neighbor. He, he had gone through a divorce. I mean, his parents, sorry, his parents had gone through a divorce. And it was a really mis messy situation. And he, as a young teenager, had decided to find an easy way to make money. So we would do uh, mail-order drugs. I mean, not talking about, obviously, prescription drugs. We're talking about, you know, drugs, drugs. And uh, it started to become quite lucrative. Um, and neither one of his parents wanted uh, to, to do anything about this. Um, I'm not judging. It's just the reality. They're going, everyone's going through a difficult situation. And this kid is just... Uh, doing some terrible stuff. So a neighbor came to him and said, listen, you gotta stop this. You're destroying other people's lives. You must stop. And what was pretty amazing is that the kid stopped. And um, he was a student of mine when I was teaching the Chabad in Beijing. Uh, he, was now a college, he was then a college student. And he said to me that he is eternally grateful for that friend of his parents who actually told him to stop. And you know, stood up for what's right. And this is a very, very important thing. Something that uh, I believe is, is thoroughly missing in, in our conversation. I mean, we're used to doing this, uh, I guess, on Twitter, where we find people that we don't like, so we start mobbing them, or being sarcastic, or whatnot. And that's not the halakhic way. And that's not, that's not called real criticism. I mean, there's, you have to be very, very careful to differentiate and, and, and to be careful with our words and how we place them. There's three different, very clear, different halachic directions. The first is absolutely the first and the, the most important thing to do is when a person sees a friend of his doing something that's wrong is to criticize him in private respectfully, to give the person the benefit of the doubt. The second thing is, if the person is not willing to listen, and their behavior is damaging to others, which generally in such situations it is, then a public admonishment is in order. But then one has to be very careful, because 
There's, a, there's another halachic principle, the third halachic principle, which is a person should not, is not allowed to embarrass another person. Right? You're not allowed to cause a person emotional pain, public embarrassment, which is, it's, it's almost, it's almost considered to be similar to, 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 it's actually murdering someone. However, if the other person is unwilling to accept the admonishment of his friend, and is continuing his dangerous ways, then it's an order, and not only it's an order, one must, absolutely must, admonish them in public. And this is a very, very uncomfortable thing to do. Some people enjoy this, I guess, uh, reporters, etc., but they don't admonish in, pu in private. Uh, some people will admonish in pub private, but don't feel comfortable in public. But to stand up and to, to do both of those things, to give the other person their humanity and the respect for their humanity, to stand up in, pro in private and tell the friend what they're doing is wrong. And then, if the action continues, to stand up in public and publicly decry the actions of the other person are, 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 are a moral imperative and a mitzvah. And if a person doesn't do this, we have no idea what the implications will be. The snowball effect, you know, once one person does something wrong, hundreds of people are doing things that are wrong, no one is saying anything, then it becomes a free-for-all. And if one person stands up and says, no, I won't allow this to continue, and other people stand together and stand with him and are willing to decry these behaviors that are against uh, the Torah and moral and ethical values, then no matter what the consequences to them, then things can change. So I think this is a very important and very important thing that we have to do. We have to have this conversation. We have to allow for this conversation to happen. We have to give, uh, give place for it to happen. And if we don't, the temple will be destroyed. And this is the difference. And this, I guess we can tie this together with... Um, you know, we talked about uh, not, you know, baseless hatred, etc. So, one could think, you know, I guess people could think, well, this is not really loving your friend. You know, but the answer is it's absolutely not true. A person which truly cares about his friend and sees his friend going down a path which is self-destructive for him and others will say something. I remember seeing this film uh, a few years ago about this guy who's just speaking to his friend about how he's going to go and cheat on his wife and whatnot. And his friend is like, absolutely not. That's not the right thing to do. You, know, you, gotta, you, can't, you can't do this to your, to your wife. You can't do this to your kids, etc., etc. You know, and this is something which a lot of, you know, in the, in the moral uh, irre irreverent society and, you know, where it's, everything's a free-for-all, people will be like, yeah, if that's what makes you feel good, yeah, maybe that'll make you feel good, but you have never thought about what the implications will be on your family, on your children, on your wife, on your community, on your soul, these things just never come into play. And someone has to stand up. So that's what I, when I was speaking to the students, and I've spoken to the students in Beijing, as well as here, um, when you talk about social responsibility, uh, you talk about responsibility for your family and for your community. You know, a lot of times we think about this as just like political. So, you know, if you, you know, wave a flag or, you know, uh, moral, you know, signaling or virtue signaling, no. Sometimes it's about, generally, it's a lot more about 
doing within your community, within your family, within your friends, circle of friends, to stand up for what is right and to and to be uh, to be the best person you can and uh, to, to, to go and walk into those uncomfortable situations. Uh, it's not easy. It's very, very hard. It doesn't mean that you have to run around looking for them. But when they come apparent to you, and when they're obvious, and when no one's doing anything, then the time comes where you need to at least go in with giving the person the benefit of the doubt. So I guess to recap uh, the statement, okay, uh, if we want... You know, if we are willing to do what we need to do, then God will will take the curses and turn them into blessings, right? This is uh, with Bilam and Balak. If we go, number one, we see something wrong, we go privately first to our friends, our friend, and we admonish them. We have a first a conversation. Maybe the person, maybe we're judging wrong. Maybe we've got it all wrong. Maybe they're actually doing the right thing and I, and I have the wrong perspective. And if uh, the perspective, my perspective is right, and the person is doing the wrong thing, then I gotta have that tough conversation. And if the person is unwilling to do the right thing, then sometimes it's time to take a public stance against that, and let and let the chips fall where they may. And that's what's called. That's what I would say is being a person of of uh, high integrity. And if and the last message I'd like to share, I know that generally at the end of a, of a speech or end of a Dvar Torah, it's not good to, send, send, like, to, to push in another message, but I think this is very, very important. Even if it's, we're not everyone is able to, to do this. I mean, I mean, I think everyone's able to, but a lot of times people are just, because of their discomfort or their situation, or their their fears, I guess, they're unable to do this the whole way. Well, it's better to do it part of the way than to not do it at all. You know, um, if a person won't be able to do it publicly because they're afraid of reprisals or they're just they're just afraid and they don't know, they don't want to lose their friends or the codependent or whatnot. At least, even just standing up privately is already something. Maybe a private discussion will actually make some difference. So that's what my Torah and my hope for today is that people will be able to have these difficult conversations, will be able to listen, will be able to hear, will be able to give criticism, will be able to accept criticism, will be able to change their ways, and hopefully the Beit HaMikdash will be rebuilt. If you like this Torah and you'd like to sponsor more, uh, Please go to Chabad Youth of www.chabadyouthcarmiel. That's www.chabadyouthcarmiel.com. C H A B A D Y O U T H K A R M I E L. And you can sponsor Shabbat. You can sponsor these messages that I'm teaching to students in Carmiel, young college kids. Uh, hopefully. Uh, trying to make this world a little bit of a better place. And I really appreciate it. I'm really grateful for all of your support and humbled by you being here.